I don't know if you've noticed, by the way, just a little um, quick point. Uh, so we've had a little win recently, my family and I. Um, there are no kids at the front row here. Hey, that's, you know, parents, everyone, you know, it, it just gets an inch easier, you know, like every year. Okay, just an inch. But our little Michaela has, uh, you know, recently just decided that she wants to be a part of the kids' church. And we were like, you're welcome. Go, go. Enjoy, enjoy. But uh, no, it's just awesome. But uh, thank you for being here and, and, and you know, honoring um, us with your time. And I always pray that the Lord would you know, speak to you, and that the moment that you share with us on a Sunday would be worth, worthwhile, you know what I mean? That you go back and you go, I'm so glad I went to church today and, and God spoke to me. And so I truly believe that God has a word for you, but let me just pray and then we'll go from there. Dear Lord, I thank you that um, it's a humbling experience, Lord God, every time we minister, Lord God, for you, because, Lord, we, we want to say that what's right, we want to say what's accurate, Lord God, and Lord, I do, I do this with fear and trembling, Lord God, because, Lord, I want, want to be able to deliver your word in purity, Holy Spirit, knowing that, Lord, I'm on a journey and you're teaching me and you're, you're showing me things that I've got to you know, deal with, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that, that uh, transparency and that authenticity comes through, Lord God, and I pray that we would together go on a journey this morning of hearing your word and being changed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to just also greet our online audience. Thank you for being here. Um, I never know who is on until I later find out, which is uh, through, the, through how many were. I don't necessarily know who, who that is, but welcome. And thank you for also making that, um, that, uh, you know, making that priority to be a part of our service. Um, so this year, as you know, right, we've been speaking about or we've introduced our theme for the year, which is a king and a cause. And if I ever forget, the banners help me. It's like, oh, yes, that's what the theme was. <laughs> but we won't forget because we're going to be speaking about a king and a cause. And, you know, we serve the king of all kings. Praise the Lord. There are kings. You know, uh, who's the latest king? I believe it's King Charles. Is that right? Right? There's a, there's a king on the earth and there's, you know, but, but you know, back in the day of, of, of biblical times, obviously there was way more kings about the lands and different things, but we, we serve the king of all kings, right? And we live for a cause that is of all causes, right up there, because it's, it's, it's the cause of our God and our king, right? So this last month, we've obviously focused a lot on the cause, right, through our missions projects. And, you know, again, Joe, Joe did a great video just to remind us that you can be a part of that. And, and it's not too late if you haven't Filled out a faith promise card, please know that it's not too late. It's never too late. And, you know, your contribution and your buy-in, right, is valuable to what we can do as a church collectively. Okay, so understand that, um, yeah, you have a part to play. I truly believe that. But today, what I want to do is I want to continue focusing on the king, on the king. And we have a king to love. You know, and as his people... I want, to, I want us to get a revelation of who we worship, right? Connecting our mind to our heart. You know, sometimes when we're worshiping, we might say a, a line like, sing your own song. You know, and sometimes it's like, what song do I sing? Well, how do I get to know what song I sing? Well, I get to know the king that I serve. I get to know his characteristics. I get to know his attributes. So that as we share um, from week to week, 
Let it allow the, 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 the knowledge of the king, the revelation of the king to go from the heart to the mind so we're aware, we have knowledge about who this king is that we serve. He's a good God. He's a good king. Our king Jesus, as I said last week, has many characteristics, right? And is described in many different ways through scripture. You'll, you'll hear him um, described this way and then that way. And it's all important because it helps us get a well-rounded understanding of who our king is and who we worship. Last week, obviously, I shared on one characteristic, the king, the true vine. And I spoke about the fact that he is the true vine. We are the branches. And unless we stay connected to him, we are lifeless. We are fruitless. We need to be connected in him. And, and the Bible talks about abiding with him and in him, him abiding with us and us with him. And from that place, we produce heaps of fruit, good fruit. And I kind of put a challenge out there and I said, are you fruitful? And if you're not, the question I asked was, are you truly connected to the king? Because when you're connected to the true vine, the evidence is the fruit on your life. I also spoke about obeying him. He talks, we're told to obey his command in, in that passage, to obey his commandments, because this is also what inhibits us from not connecting with him if we are disobedient to his commands. And then, of course, I spoke about the joy, the joy that comes, right, from obeying him and from abiding with him. It is a joy that Jesus Christ had. It's so that you can have my joy, the Bible says. My joy. Imagine having the joy of Jesus Christ. Doesn't come from having a new car. Doesn't come from, you know, my new clothing or whatever. It comes from abiding with him. True joy. True joy comes only from him, with him, right? Nothing else can compare to being with him. So that is what we covered last week. But this week, I want to talk about another characteristic. And Scripture reveals, right, Scripture reveals our king as being a servant king. He is a servant king. So he is the true vine we talked about last week. This week, I want to talk about the servant king. What does that mean? Well, let's turn to Scripture as always to find out what does this servant king mean. Um, and before I do that, let me encourage you with these couple verses. Please hear these verses and grab a hold of what I'm about to, about to read because I truly believe this will help us engage with what God wants to share with us this morning. In John 17, it says this, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. He's talking about the Father, the glory which you gave me, Jesus, the Son, right? I have given them. Who is them? Them is us, okay? Those who are believers. That they may be one just as we are one, okay? I in them and you in me, that we be one, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. Isn't that an amazing scripture that you have loved them as you have loved me? That blows my mind. But what I want to bring out of that couple of verses is this. This passage reveals that Christ is in us, right? It says, I in them and you in me. Christ is in us. Christ is in you. Therefore, 
His character, His character should also be in us. If He is in us, His character is in us, right? As I share this message on the servant king, can I encourage you to examine your heart, have an open heart, have an open heart and say, God, am I demonstrating Christ's character in my life? It's a challenge for every single one of us. It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for us as believers. Am I demonstrating his character in my life? Him and his character in us is the will of the Father. We read it in Scripture. It's his will that, you, that he be in you and us in him and that his character be in us. So with that being said, let's now focus on the servant king. And I wonder if you are familiar with the story of, I mean, there's no, other, no better story to illustrate a servant king of when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Does everyone, does everyone familiar with that story? Yeah. What a powerful story of our Savior right, showing us, a le- giving us a lesson to model our, our life after that the, the king of kings, right? The son of God coming down to earth, right? And showing us how we ought to conduct ourselves to each other by going to that point of washing the disciples' feet. So now that you're familiar with that story, what I want to do is go through verse by verse and just bring out a few great truths that can challenge us, that can encourage us, that can build us. So it says this in John 13, 1. It says this, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having, listen to this, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Now let me bring a couple truths out from this first couple of verses. The servant king, church, was motivated by love. That was his motivation. That was his intrinsic motivation was his love. He said he loved them. He loved them to the end. He loved them. Jesus' love was, in, in, was, was undeserving, right? Was unending, was unconditional and unselfish. That's the kind of love that he had for his disciples. That's the kind of love that he has for you and for me. It was not the worthiness or the merits of the disciples that drove Jesus to serve them. Not at all. Not at all. He wasn't expressing gratitude, but grace. Okay? He's not thanking him for the wonders that they have done for him, but he's expressing grace. This is what grace looks like. Love made him serve his disciples. Love made him serve his disciples. Judas Iscariot, right, was amongst those he served. Jesus knew what was to come. As I said, wasn't there greatness, their merits that caused him to serve? And this can be a convicting verse because sometimes we may have a conditional perspective when it comes to serving. I will only serve the ones I love. But Jesus shows us a different way. 
he shows us that he serves those that even would betray him. He shows us a different way. And hopefully that can challenge me as a Christian to say that my serving is not conditional. If Jesus showed me how I ought to serve and, 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 and what are the prerequisites for someone who I need to serve. Let's move on. John 13, 3 says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, was going to God. Let me bring some truth out from that as the Scripture stays up there, if you don't mind, Carl. Knowing the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. The servant king, listen to this, the servant king possessed a security, right, that enabled him to serve others. He had a security. Jesus knew who he was. The question is, do you know who you are? Do I know who I am? Now, let me share a bit of a testimony or a story to help illustrate this. I remember my first job was a lifeguard in Western Sydney. And I was the kind of guy that my boss knew that if there was the job that nobody else wanted to do, right, he knew he could call on Dave, right? And so sometimes children, they have a little accident in the water, right? And we must vacate the pool and there must be action. They knew that we could call upon Dave the lifeguard to, to do that. Right, so that, that's that's a moment that I'm proud of. You know, I was a servant. Praise the Lord. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, you can you can rely upon the servant man of God. He can do it. But then later on in my life, I remember getting married to Joe. And here's the thing: I went into marriage right with a lot of expectations of what a wife ought to do and what a husband ought to do. Right, I have a, I have a I'm Polish. Right, my culture is Polish, and so there is definitely some real ways that we are taught or even we, we, we see by example, this is how it ought to be. I do this, you do that, right? So that whole servant that I just told you about, the legendary lifeguard servant, right, struggled a little bit at the first part of marriage because I, I would validate myself and puff myself up by saying, I'm a man, and I don't do this task, I only do this task. I'm just being honest, right? I had to learn. God teaches us, right? Hopefully somebody here in the building can, can, can uh, lean in and go, yeah, I've, I've had struggles at different points in my life. But the point is this, right? I am not, my, my identity is not I'm Polish. I mean, I love being Polish, right? love having Polish background. My identity is I am a child of God, right? That's who I am. I am, I, am, I am a servant of the Most High God. I ought to conduct myself not based upon culture, not based upon what I've seen, but pay, based upon Scripture. That's who I am. I don't need to prove my manhood by saying I'm not doing this, I'm only doing that. I don't need to, I don't need, because I have my identity found in my God. I know who I am. Jesus knew who he was. He didn't have any problem right, with, with being able to serve others because he knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Jesus was secure enough to get down on the floor 
and wash his disciples' feet. He didn't have to prove anything. In fact, he had nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. This is who I am. This is what I do. The insecure, the insecure are into titles, okay? Into titles. The secure are into towels. The contrast, right? Jesus took a towel, girded himself up. He was secure. He knew who he was. Jesus' security enabled him to both stoop down and stretch. He showed us a different way. Let's move on. The servant king. John 13, 4 says this. Rose from supper, it goes on from verse 3, and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Let me bring you some truths from this verse here. The servant king, right, taught us how to take initiative to others. He taught us how to take initiative to others. Jesus didn't wait for someone to clarify the protocol. No, he saw a need and he met it. It was the custom of that day for your feet to be washed, right? And somehow the disciples in their planning and preparing for the Passover feast forgot to hire the the servant who would be able to wash the feet of the disciples. And it's funny because in my commentary that I was reading about this, they're busy arguing about who's the greatest. Who, who's going to sit by your right side? Who, is it me? Is it while Jesus, right, sees a need, doesn't wait for somebody to invite. Okay, I see there's a need and I'm going to show you how I want you to live. I'm going to show you how I want you to conduct yourselves No one else had volunteered for the foot washing job. Not a very nice role, right? Who likes feet? Anyone? (laughs) I know my brother, if I ever wanted to annoy my older brother, I would just show him my feet. And he'd want to kill me, like literally. He he was completely grossed out by feet. Not a a popular job, not 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 a nice job. And yet he started something that he hoped... Right, would be passed down from those 12 disciples to others, to you, to me, to me, to us. Not, not depending on what culture you are. No, depend, not depending on what model you have seen. No, no, no. We base our life upon Scripture. We base our life upon Jesus Christ. That's the culture that's the heart that we want to have. What is, what is, what is Jesus, how, how did he approach this situation? He demonstrated an act of humility and sacrifice. Let's move on. John 13, 6 says this. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Okay, he's got, he's got a certain way of thinking. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. The servant king, what he does here, his example exposed 
pride. It exposed pride. A servant's heart can expose pride in others. Why? Because Peter had a hard time letting Jesus serve him. He said, you, you of your position, you of your status, there's no way. You know, some would say, oh, he was being quite honoring. And, well, he just didn't want Jesus, his Savior, to, 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 to stoop down to that level and to do that kind of role. But watch, watch what happens. It says, so Peter had a hard time letting him serve him because he still possessed a worldly mindset, right, that assumed that someone of Jesus' caliber should never stoop down to wash feet. Like Peter had to learn, perhaps we need to rid ourselves of a worldly mindset which is consumed with self, with status, with how people view me. Like I talked about my testimony, who I am is how people approve me to be and how they see me. No, no, no. It's not about you. He showed us a different way. Jesus showed us a different way of how we ought to conduct ourselves. Let me move on. 13, um, 8. This is Peter's response after Jesus had given him a little bit of a, um, uh, uh, you know, a talking to. Peter said to him, um, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Okay. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Don't you love the change? He suddenly realized something. He suddenly realized something. The servant king taught Peter, you can't give what you haven't received. Let me say that again. The servant king at this moment taught him, you can't give what you haven't received. It's a powerful, powerful picture. Jesus knew that Peter would die for the cause of spreading the gospel. Jesus knew that. He knows all things. He became a chief, a chief of serving Jesus and others, didn't he? I mean, the very act of dying for the cause is a servant laying his life down for others. He became a chief and Jesus knew who he was about to become. This wouldn't have been possible if he didn't learn the importance of receiving from Jesus. He had to learn, I need to receive. If I am going to give, I need to first learn how to receive from Jesus. Later on, he was reminded again. I don't know if you remember the story, but he betrayed Jesus three times. And then Jesus came to him later and was restoring him and said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, yes, you know I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. Again, I love what I can draw out from this. Is he's saying, if you want to feed my sheep, you need to come and love me first. Right? You can't give. The servant king taught us, you can't give what you don't receive first. You cannot be a servant of the Most High God if you are not receiving from Him, understanding His heartbeat, 
understanding what matters to Him. You can't be a servant without that. Our ability to serve others only comes from our connection with Christ. He enables us to become a chief servant. Make no mistake about that. He only can. The servant king taught Peter, you can't give what you haven't received. And then this is what happens with Peter. Peter moved from one extreme to the other. He suddenly realized if Jesus was going to wash him, he didn't want to miss anything. If you're going to wash me, not just my feet, wash my hands, wash my head, I'm not going to miss out on anything. I want all of it. I want all of you, Jesus. He wanted Jesus to wash his entire body. Simon Peter exhibits in this moment a great, great attitude. One that we can learn from. One that we can take a hold of. If Jesus was giving away, he wanted to receive all that Jesus had to give. He didn't want anything to stand between him and his Lord. Come on. I don't want anything to stand between me and my God. Chuck out the old worldly way of thinking. What is the servant king speaking to you about today? What is he challenging? What is, he, is he challenging your mindset? Is he challenging things that you've held on to that you believe? Nah, yes, 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 Bible, but this, no. No, no, no. Let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. He wants us to have a mindset like him because he is in us. His character is in us. John 13, 12 says this. Let's move on. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. The servant king, he teaches us to do what he did for others. The application of this word is not just about, wow, Jesus was a great man. Jesus was a, he was perfectly one. No, no, no. The application of today is to understand that the servant king is teaching you, he's teaching me that we ought to do what he did for others. If Jesus washed the feet, no position, no position should prevent us from doing it for someone else. We ought to imitate him. Him and his character in us. We are to reproduce the model of servanthood he gave us. Amen. Jesus didn't just speak. He understood a lecture or two by the nice brook, you know, enjoying a little bit of wheat or whatever they ate back in that day. Right? He understood that the talking wasn't what would come through. He understood the action of what he's about to show you, what he's about to show me, what, he's about to, what he showed the disciples was what is going to cause us as people to go from our old mindset, stuck in our old ways, believing that this is how it ought to be, to understanding this is how he wants us to live. This is how he wants us to conduct ourselves. You know, I will say um, uh, 
there's nothing greater for me now, right, than serving my family, right? And as I said, I had to learn. I had to learn that it's not her role. It's not my role. Do you know what? It's a competition. Let me put it out there like this. It is a competition for who can be the chief servant of the house. Come on. That's how we ought to live. No, no, I want to be the best servant. I want to be the best servant. Not you. I want to be the best servant. You did this. Let me outdo you in that. That's how God wants us to think about our roles as husband and wife, as our roles as parents. I want to outserve anybody else. I want to, I want to take on the example of my Savior. That's how we ought to live. I, I love my heritage. I love the fact that I'm a, I'm a Rotniak and Polish and all that. I love that stuff, right? But I'm first and foremost a son of God, and I want to please Him, and I want to live like Him. I want to take on His characteristics. I want to execute them well. You ask Joe, I'll do anything in the house. There's no job too hard for me or too disgusting for me to take, oh, take on. I mean, look, there are jobs that Joe does better. For example, my son wasn't well right the other day. And, you know, she has that grace upon her to walk into the room without any hesitation of catching the sickness and jumping in there, getting her hands dirty. She's incredible like that. And I honor her for that. Right. And I would never cook for you a meal because... I'll probably give you food poisoning or your, your options are limited, okay? You'll get noodles or eggs, okay? I leave the cooking to my wife because she's incredible and she does a great job, right? But truly, I'll say this to you. There's no task or job that I'm too elevated to take on. If my Savior can show me a model, right, allow me to embrace that and say, God, we are servants. That's who we are. I'm finishing up with this last couple verses. John 13, 16 says this, Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, well, maybe you didn't know these things. Maybe you came this morning and you didn't know these things. But now, Right? Praise the Lord that we've been in this place, in this space, and God is making us aware of these things. So now we know these things. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The servant king, he teaches us that there is blessing in obedience. I spoke about following his commands last week, that there is great joy. Your joy may be full. You have the joy of Christ when you obey His commands. There's a common thread that's coming through this morning. The servant king teaches us that if you do these things, there is a blessing in obeying Him. God's Word teaches us to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Can anybody say amen to that? I'm not blessed by just hearing Jesus reminded them and reminds us this morning, you are blessed when you obey Him. A servant of God does the opposite of what the world is doing. We take on a different model. Don't you love that? Jesus flipped everything upside down. They were expecting a king that would overthrow the enemy, and yet they saw a different king, a servant king. One who showed us a different way. 
The reward might not come from the people you serve. Let me tell you that. Sometimes it doesn't. You might be disappointed. If that's what you're looking to get, praise. But rather, it comes from God because that's what the Scripture teaches us. And I would rather receive His blessing every time over others. Amen. Can we have the worship team come back up? And I just want to bring this to a close. You know, you know, can I just encourage you, church? You know, this, I hope this word can be relevant to you in your own household, in your own workplace. Um, wherever this word would be ring true in your heart and your mind, I pray that it does, and I pray that it would make a change in you as a human being that you want to respond to his word. But let me tell you something. In the church, of course, there are always needs as well, right? If you have a heart to serve in the house of God, right, there are always things to be done around here. You ask Pastor Sue, she could list probably 50 things, probably. <laughs> you know, let's not, can I, can I encourage us as a church? Let's not allow the, the minority, the few that continue to serve sacrificially Week in, week out. Let's not allow that to be our culture as a church. Let's be a church that says, no, no, I'm not going to take advantage of the generosity and for the grace that somebody has you know, bestowed upon us. No, 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 I want, to, I want to jump in there and I want to be a servant as well. I want to, what can I do? What can I do to serve? Because I want to take on the model of Jesus Christ. But I just encourage you that wherever this message will make sense to you, maybe in your marriage, Maybe you have held on to titles. Maybe you need to let the titles go, right? And take on the model of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to be standing in front of others and God and say, how much of a man was I? Hey, Never did this, never did that, hey? Pretty good. No, no, no. We're going to stand in front of the Most High God and be accountable for what we did, right? So we may as well get it right before the Father, and nothing else stop us from that. Amen. Why don't we